the wheels are always about to fall off or partially falling off. Um, but I'm trying to like be, you know, give myself some patience and kindness about that because the world is not designed for people to do what I'm doing. And luckily, I'm I'm so grateful to that in the last few years I've really found an amazing community with other musicians here and have been like accepted and welcomed in ways that I never would have imagined like just never would have imagined that finding that kind of connection in my life um, and acceptance and it's like really like changed my heart. That was singer-songwriter Meredith Edgar. I'm Jeff and this is Storied San Francisco a podcast all about the artists, activists, and small businesses that make this city what it is. This is part two of our podcast on Meredith. In this episode, she talks about the couple of times she's left San Francisco, always to return eventually. Then she shares what it was like to decide to really go for it with her music. The bar we recorded in, Royal Cuckoo, got pretty loud toward the end of this episode, so please bear with us. And do be sure to listen all the way through. Meredith played a couple songs for us that night back in November that appeared just after our conversation. Also, I wanted to let you know about a few of Meredith's upcoming shows. This Thursday, January 11th, she'll be at the right spot in the mission. On Sunday, January 21st, catch her at Specs in North Beach. And then, on Thursday, January 25th, she'll be back again at the right spot. All right. Here's Meredith. I just thought of something totally random. I swear I didn't think about this before, but is Meredith Edgar your name or is it a stage name? <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have chosen something with fewer s- syllables. Probably. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's my name. That, I've, I is. thought for, for the longest time I wanted, I've always liked my first name, mm-hmm. but I have just been like, and, and it's not that I dislike my last name, but I definitely mm. thought for a while, like, I should probably go by something else. This is just a lot. And like, not very cool sounding or whatever, you know. But then it's just, it, that's a whole thing. It's a whole thing to come up with a name. And I think it's one of those things where it, when it's your name, you think yeah. those things. Whereas outsiders are just like, it's just Meredith Edgar. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, she's playing. Let's go see her. Yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> people have been like, you sound like you're like a Victorian ghost or something. I don't know. That's kind of that's kinda like, cool maybe. too. Yeah, I'm like, that's cool. I never would have thought of that, but yeah. You're works. a walking ghost story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Okay, well, so let's, I guess, what is the story about or behind your, and it, of course, it, doesn't have to be like a singular moment but like mm-hmm. when did you decide like this is this is the thing I'm doing and do you have a day job I did I had many day jobs I tried many day job many types of day jobs yeah. for a long long time yeah. and felt terrible at all of them yeah just um, they're terrible. Let's be real. They, I mean, they're like, awful. I, I guess so I, there's like five of them that are good. I feel like I had one. I had one that I, and don't and don't get me wrong. Like I've even it. Uh, I've learned a lot from like the various jobs that I had. I learned a lot. It was not that any of them were a hundred percent terrible. I'm not trying to paint this in like either black or white, but like. 
in terms of how I felt, like how capable mm. and good and helpful, whatever I felt, and happy, <laughs> I it was you know real real low yeah. at most at most places. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I tried. I mean, I did like retail when I was younger and then like got my went to get my esthetician's license to like do like skincare mm -hmm. I worked for dermatology practices for a long time because okay. um, uh, I liked the idea of not just kind of doing fluffy fun stuff for people's skin but actually doing something that would like change and like help people <laughs> but um and that was really it was like really fascinating in a lot of ways, but it and I, but I just even there like some of the situations I just didn't I like wasn't happy. Just still felt like my brain doesn't work the way it should to work in a place like this. Whatever. Mm. Also, most most of these offices are just also like just kind of insane in terms yeah. of um yeah. So um just stressful environments yeah. and stuff. Uh. And and then I I wound up going back to college, and um, uh, yeah, and like got finished a degree in psychology. Where and was thought this? I was gonna. This was in Austin. I lived Texas. in Austin for five years. Yes, oh, I was in Austin, Texas for five the, years. Basically, the last place I lived before I came here. Oh really? Oh that's cool. When I'm did from, you? I'm from Texas. Oh okay. But I but I went to school in Austin. Oh. Where yeah. did you go? Did you go to UT? UT. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. yeah. I went. I went to St. Edwards. Oh yeah. I wanted, that school. I yes. wanted to go to. I wanted to go to UT because their music program was so amazing. Yeah. But I was also whatever. It has a lot to do with the fact that I was going back at a later age, right. and I wanted to like get through it quickly to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> and um. But, uh, yeah, it wound up being over, overall a really great experience, like, going back and doing that. But while I was there, I, the first few, first four years I worked for a dermatology practice, and then the last, like, year, year and a half, um, I think I worked for this amazing place called the Sims Foundation, okay. um, which is a mental health nonprofit for okay. uh, musicians and their families, Austin musicians and their families. Amazing. It's this like tiny, I'm sure they've grown at this point, but um, I basically got to do an internship for them as part of my school program and then um, asked for a job when the internship was done. And that, that was like the best day job up until where I am now, like, yeah. it was the best day job I had ever had, just because even though it was really challenging, and I, it's not even that I can say that I was great at the work I was doing, but it was just, it was so meaningful to me, it's and it was worthwhile. in this, yeah, and it yeah. was in this, like, you know, the middle of a Venn diagram of things that mean, that are really, really important to me, like, right. the importance of mental health, mm -hmm. and then music, and, like, musicians having access to those things, and, um, there. It was really, really incredible. Yeah. Austin has a way of like taking care of its own. Maybe it's like I, I, I yeah. think they're I think they're good at it. Yeah, um, good. Of course, not perfect, but like I think maybe it's because of what Austin is. Yeah. Compared to everything around it. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I'm not. I didn't make that face. People oh. can't say, <laughs> see the face I made. I was like, contemplate. Mm -hmm. Like I think. Like, I want to say that that's true, and also I can't say that I, I don't think I'm 
like I know enough to say that that is or isn't true. It's more that it's more, more mostly what I was thinking of when you said that was mm. just that when I lived there. And I loved it there, but like what I, and I actually, unfortunately, didn't play a lot of music when I was there because school and work took over. Um, But um, like, I just, working for the Sims Foundation and uh, and meeting some other like musicians Mm -hmm. in Austin too, like, so, you know, it was so parallel to what has happened here where like Mm. so many artists and musicians have gotten pushed out Mm -hmm. have gotten priced out Mm -hmm, of their mm -hmm. hometown Mm -hmm. their home city um and then you know have to like commute in Mm -hmm. for work or you Mm -hmm. know and it happens not just musicians obviously like teachers all kinds of people yes have to do that blue collar yeah yes yeah um so and so I just I was just hearing about a lot of that, and so it's it's a little I do find I do think there is this like you know it's 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 kind of like can it still be called the live music capital of the world when that's what's happening to so many of the like I've always still, been dubious about that yeah <laughs> that designation anyway yeah like, it's I, great yeah. there is a lot of live music but there is I mean there, there also is New Orleans sure. also here yeah. also San, you know New York I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah. yes, you no, you're reminding me. Yes, that I, I will go back on what I said up to a certain point <laughs> in time. I think my only my only thought, challenging thought, was just that, like, I you know, I would say that if I knew that it were easier for musicians to thrive there. What's been really hard for me, and suddenly this is storied Austin, but which is great, but um. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whenever they decided that they were going to roll out the red carpet for tech, I want to be like, I can be part of a contingency to come there to tell you all the reasons not to do that. Because we did it, and... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's been hard, but um, maybe selfishly, I don't know. I go back to Austin at least once a year, and I, you know, I've a lot of friends that are still there and they're still musicians and they're still That's great. living in central Austin and we spend all our time in central and I'm like I still there's still an essence here that I fucking yeah. love that I feel like is never gonna go yeah. I, I hope obviously but same yeah I'm so yeah. glad especially with you being from Texas and having mm. been there before like I'm glad that you feel that way um, I've been back a couple times since I moved away and I still I agree that there's still like an essence there that still like to me is very very appealing mm-hmm. like I do really I really love it there and part of my heart will always be there oh yeah um, but yeah which five years you said five years yeah 2011 to 2016 okay so not in not here yeah. You were not here. I was not here. Okay. I've n- been not here a couple times. <laughs> yeah. What about <laughs> since 2016? I lived in Italy for a couple years right before Okay, COVID now you're just too. making me sick. Sorry. Should, we, should I, I should have filled out a form I'm or glad something I'm in before a you bar. asked me to be on here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... I, I, I was telling someone the other day, I'm like, if someone ever asks me Spain or Italy... I might just like freak out because I'm like, that's a terrible. I'm, it's One a, should not have. It's to a choose. false choice. Yeah. It's like both. Yeah. 
Um, I, yeah, Italy is yeah. very special to me. Yes. Yeah. Have you been? Have you or have you spent a lot of time there? I wouldn't okay. say a lot of time. I've been a few times, and most recently this summer, uh, my wife and I were with friends in Puglia. Oh. Our first I time love in Puglia. Puglia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so since six, since 2016, mm-hmm. you've gone to Italy a little bit, and then. Um, Maybe I should like back up and describe my experience of like yes, yeah. discovering you. Oh, sure. um, well, it was our mutual friend Dara Kosberg, yes. who's who's also been on this podcast. Um, before she uh, sadly moved from San Francisco, she was really good about telling everyone all of her like it was like a random, not even an email list, but like here's a random email of all the stuff I'm doing. And we saw something at the right spot. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of us could make sense of what she wrote. It was like, I'm going to be doing short comedy sets between two different bands. And we're like, my wife had never been to the right spot. I'm throwing her under the bus. And I was like, we got to go to this thing. We didn't know the bands, um, but we knew our friend Dara. And we're like, we're going to support Dara. We hadn't seen her do comedy in a little bit at that point. So we were there at the right spot that night, this year, whenever that was. When she, yeah, when she did a couple sets in between Paul's, Paul Griffiths and my And you, sets. yes. Yeah. Was that like April, that May? Was, I have no sense of time. Me neither. It was, it, was this this past, it was this past year. Definitely like this year. I feel like maybe six-ish months ago, yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with, six months. Something like that, yeah. So, so we were there ostensibly to support our friend, mm-hmm. um, and she, as always, was hilarious. She's so wonderful. Yes. I love her stuff. Good she human and very fucking funny. Laughing. Yeah. Um, and we were all like, who is Me- this Meredith Edgar? <laughs> so now I'm making you. I don't know, I blush. But like, yeah, we were all just like, wow. And so for me, since then, I've just been like on the lookout for you and, and what you're doing. And then the night at Specs. Just a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah, that was such I think that was September a or so. Yeah, the song I um, A show that Joanna Leochi yes. put on um, with you and Mark Eitzel. Mm-hmm. I have to tell a funny story is that uh, a good friend of ours who actually performed our marriage, our wedding, um, lives nearby. And so the whole thing about that night is that she, I mean, she lives like two blocks. And so she's like, I'll get to Specs super early and I'll get a table up front if y'all get the Golden Boy. We're like, duh. Oh, yeah. Deal. So, Good deal. So by the time my wife and I got there, which was like 15 minutes after she, after our friend got there, mm-hmm. she had that front table, like when it was like, I don't know, eight tops or ten tops, the mm-hmm. big circular tables, yeah. and there was still nobody there. So it was, it was like a version of the movie Vacation when they show up and there's no, and they're like park at the exit. Yeah. There was no reason for us to anyway, right. but it all worked out and that so show bad. was, I'm just gonna say it was like, it was a little bit transcendental. Like um, I, it just felt like yeah. it took me to another plane. I ended up going to see you and Mark the next night or the two nights later or whatever at Makeout Room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I was fanboying a little bit, but I was just, <laughs> I was on y'all's wave. Oh, or I so wanted good. to be. Yeah. So, um, oh, so, so yeah. let's hear the, I guess, post-Italy 
Sure. Uh, Meredith Edgar in San Francisco. I mean, it's essentially the 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 and some some of this stuff is in songs, but um, mm. <laughs> that I've written for sure. But um, essentially, I mean, I was married and I asked for a divorce and um, uh, uh, Me too, was twice. living in. <laughs> oh, I, I yeah. I got too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it yeah, makes you feel so, better. <laughs> sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, thank you. Um, and, um, yeah, we were living in Venice at the time. Had been there for, I know, yeah, very, like, yeah, extremely romantic place. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and just beautiful and so special. And I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to experience living there mm-hmm. and in Italy in general. But um, we split up and I decided to move back to San Francisco. Okay. And, um yeah, and then COVID happened like oh. six weeks later. Okay. So I kind of I wound up having kind of just enough time to find a job, find an apartment. I found a studio in the Tenderloin, and um, and yeah, and then uh, had been had like settled in, and I think a week and a half, two weeks later, was the first, started the first lockdown. Okay. Yeah. What it's did very as a, as an artist? What did you do during the lockdown? Did you ever do? Zoom shows or whatever. I did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a I had a full time day job that wound up at a doctor's office that wound up. Luckily, I was able to do remotely. Okay. um, And I had just started, so um, so I had work like a you know paying work or whatever. But yeah, I did a lot of live streams on like Instagram and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And I had moved back with the full intention to like I am going to give my music career a real try right. I'm really gonna yeah I'm like yeah. really gonna prioritize this okay and I'm gonna play shows and I'm gonna record a new album and all this stuff and then like you know, so yeah. um was pretty afraid that would never happen uh but yeah did um some online like streaming um sets from home and then did once it was kind of allowed did like masked outdoor distanced things like outside Amato's and outside Charlie's Cafe and Mm. outside the right spot eventually and um, stuff like that and that was that really saved me throughout throughout the lockdowns yeah socially creatively both yeah both yeah sure yeah yeah because I was living alone very very isolated Mm. especially very different from my previous situation Mm -hmm. and um, yeah yeah and then also creatively because I just I had come back with this big like start life over again this is going to be the focus and like nurturing that part of myself and trying to find some confidence and joy in that and then like the universe says no yeah (laughs) so um those yeah those uh sidewalk shows even in like the freezing winter Mm -hmm. um and yeah and even streaming from home sometimes like that was just yeah really huge for me yeah powerful and Obviously, we're all in, I'm knocking on wood, like a better place. Would you say that you've hit a stride of, like, playing and recording and... Are you doing? Are you doing <laughs> what you set out to do? I I think te- technically I am. Yeah. I'm not gracefully. Well, <laughs> not gracefully whatsoever. <laughs> the wheels are always about to fall off or partially falling off. Um, but I'm trying to like be, you know, 
give myself some patience and mm -hmm. kindness about that because mm -hmm. the world is not designed for people to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And luckily, I'm I'm so grateful to that in the last few years, I've really found an amazing community yes. with other musicians yes. here and have been like accepted and welcomed in ways that I never would have imagined. Mm -hmm. Like just never would have imagined that finding that kind of connection in, in my life mm -hmm. um, and acceptance and it's like really like changed my heart. Yeah, very like the last few years, like basically since the pandemic has very oddly for me personally been like, uh, a really like transformative period of yeah finding community in like not not just in the music community but definitely that's been a big part of it mm -hmm. here and um but also just like yeah feeling a, like a part of something mm -hmm. and um finding other people who are doing who are also just kind of like musicians and also other creatives and just kind of like not typical you know who are trying to have like not typical nine to f not that there is anything wrong with having a nine to five job you have you you really should have one here yeah yeah <laughs> and those of us who don't are a little crazy um but like you know trying to kind of make make that creative stuff have that creative life here despite the the conditions um and that's been really really meaningful yeah yeah be amazing you mentioned recording have you i work well i wound up i wound up recording um an album at women's audio mission mm -hmm. in 2021 okay so it was still i don't remember whether it was like lockdown or one of the gray areas around <laughs> a lot, right. you know it was like but the, i just remember that other studios weren't open yet okay but women's audio mission was allowed to be open because they were like an educational center as well because ah. they they um i don't know if you're familiar with them not really they, they do really wonderful work so they um they are a recording studio but they also a lot of their work is um providing like audio production education courses for oh, wow. women and non-binary folks um because the majority of you know, music production is like done by men. It's yeah, this is men. Yeah, points to yes. self. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, so giving people who a lot of people who wouldn't normally have access to that kind of education, like giving them a chance to learn about all that stuff, which is so cool. Awesome. Yes. Um, and um, anyway, so I think because of the educational component, they were able to open up their studio. Okay. Um, during still pretty solid COVID times, like with yeah. a ton of precautions and everything, they were sure. incredibly careful. Um, but yeah, I recorded an album then, and um, since then I've just kind of I've recorded like harmonies for a couple other artists, oh, nice. songs and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And but I am hoping to I'm hoping to maybe record uh, later in 2024. Uh, that's that's a it's in my it's in my goals i'm putting together like my whole you know write out all of the things you would like to happen in the new year and that's that's on there so we'll see i was ready to ask about what's next for meredith edgar i think you kind of answered yeah, it i mean i'm right now i'm kind of um i mean mostly you know i love performing is my favorite thing mm -hmm. and so i'm uh, I've been collaborating with some new musicians, or new, newer to me anyway, like musicians right. who I hadn't really played with much before. I'm really trying to like 
branch out and play with a lot of new people because um, I think it's good for it's good for my creative brain and also it's just really fun. Yeah. It's challenging to play with new people and um, I know so many incredible musicians and you know um, so I've been lucky enough to start being able to collaborate with some new people. I'm still playing. Um, quite a few gigs with like Paul Griffiths and Sean Silverman who played on my last album and okay. who uh, we have a residency at the right spot every second Thursday the beloved right spot I you know. just did it again damn it I was gonna be like plug yeah <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying um, but uh, yeah Paul, Paul and Sean Paul I've been playing with for like over a decade on and off okay. when I have lived here um, and uh, love playing with those guys but I also but it's also very comfortable because we know each other so well and know each other's musical tendencies so right. um, yeah hopefully I'm, I'm hoping just for like some new recording um, I have a couple new musical groups in the works oh. like new collaborations and then two last things yes quickly like where can people find you and your music um, yeah, so you can find me on, um, I do still have my music on Bandcamp, we will yes. see what happens, what with, happens that? with that. Yeah. I need to do a lot of research and I'm not sure what else, yeah. what other options are, so for right now, at least, okay. uh, I have music on Bandcamp, um, and then um, if you want to come out and see me play slash sing somewhere I keep everything posted on Instagram like I have to that's the one thing I can handle yes. Instagram and then like bands in town and song oh. kick or whatever oh, yeah. Um, yeah things are always posted there but I play out a lot especially in the city so which I'm very happy about <laughs> um, and the other thing which I'd like to end on uh, every we're in our sixth season of this podcast and every season we have a theme. Our theme this season is we're all in it. What does that mean to you? And remember this is we the we here is San Francisco. Yeah. San Franciscans. Yeah. We're all in it. What does that mean to you? Ooh. I mean that's yeah, that's great. Um, I'll say this I, as, yeah. as as an additional prompt. Um, mm -hmm. It only took me six years, but <laughs> I came up with like a kind of a tagline for the podcast, and that is like you know, or, or maybe an elevator pitch or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. what is this podcast? It's artists, activists, and small businesses. I definitely put you in the artist, maybe not exclusively. Yeah. There's, but definitely there's the over, artist. There's some overlap into the other things, but yeah. primarily, yeah, for yeah. sure. That's so, so that's our focus. That's who we want to celebrate and elevate and amplify. Yeah. And we're all in it. Yeah. I mean, I think of, yeah, especially in those three categories of San Franciscans. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think we're... I think we're <laughs> I think we we are all just trying to make it work. Mm. Like we're all just we all I think have a, a I mean I think most of us at least just have like such a love for this city even if it breaks our heart a lot of the time, right? It's like a very bittersweet thing to be a San Franciscan, I think. Um and um you know, I think we're all just trying to uh embrace the the beauty and the things that we love about being here and and make it better 
for, for all of us and the people who are having a harder time than even we are too. This is my happiest sounding song that's actually about chronic depression, so. <laughs> but it's, it's, a fav it's a favorite, I guess, people tell me. up my mind 
was Meredith Edgar. Follow Meredith on Instagram, Bandcamp, Songkick, and Bands in Town. Coming up on the next episode of Storied San Francisco, we visit Tenderloin Museum and talk with the museum's executive director, Katie Conry. Look for episode seven next Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts. Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our sixth season, we have more than 200 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show and drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Keep rejecting those silly doom loop narratives about our city. Stay wacky, weird, healthy, and creative. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaytu Shaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. 
Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.